Hi there out there in listener land. Welcome to episode three of Digital Disentanglement. Mr. Name, insert here, <laughs> leave this field blank. Um, last time we talked on episode two, you were telling us that you were trying to identify every single <laughs> of your 75,000 online <laughs> accounts that you've ever created. Because so you- I am a... Uh, apparently, I'm an internet whore. Yes, we established that. We're going to continue very to use promiscuous. that offensive language and metaphorical set. Okay, so, um, Mr. Whore. <laughs> Let's just drop that one, okay? Um, yeah, so last time we talked, you were trying to find all of your accounts and get control over them or delete them or whatever. So I'm just curious, did you succeed? Where are you at now on that? Uh, well, I really haven't gotten almost anywhere at all. And partly, partly uh, um, I just simply jumped into this task with characteristic enthusiasm that I have for novelty, the same novelty that brought me into all of those um, hundreds um, of uh, internet accounts, in fact. And um, I was trying to, uh, afterwards, after we talked the last time, uh, answer the question for myself, why was I doing this? Because in no guide that I have ever seen about digital privacy, privacy and security does it say, go through your entire past and delete all your accounts. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. I mean, I think it's... Like the one that you've been reading, the No, it actually doesn't, one. like, yeah. It doesn't tell you to track them all down. It doesn't try to tell you to track them all down. Oh, so it's, you just took it upon yourself that you wanted I, to... I took it upon myself, and I was... Okay. And I was w- wondering, why, why did I why did I just assume that this is exactly what I want to do? And, and I, I, came, I came to a... Um, I came to a conclusion. Well, we're all agog. <laughs> why did you do this with the 600-page manual telling you all the things you should do? Why did you decide to do that when you didn't really need well, to do I, it? Well, I, I concluded that it has to do with the stages of grief. <laughs> <laughs> okay, as I recall, stage one is denial. Denial. That's exactly what it was. All right, explain. So, well, I, I think that, or, or uh, I don't know, is regret in there somewhere? Uh, there's some part of me that looks back upon, lo, these 20 years of internet activity and in horror and says, please make it all go away. <laughs> Let me not have done this. Let me not have done this. Right. Or denial or like, I, I didn't do this. I just want to go back and erase it all. I remember back in the day when we were in graduate school and one of the other of us read Aristotle who said, the only thing that cannot be changed is the past. And how often we have returned to that point in the course of our lives together <laughs> of just... Uh, as uh, Josiah Royce, the American philosopher, puts it, it's the hell of the irrevocable. You cannot undo what has been done in your own life or in all of human history. Well, since I had such a good record of all of my previous accounts, I figured I'd go 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 ahead and try anyway. <laughs> Did you say you had like 700 accounts in your password manager? That's in my password manager, which I've only been using, I think, since maybe 2014 or 15. So how did you know what you had from before that? Because I still had access to the account I had in graduate school, which brings me back at least until... The email account. Until 2003. So you've been going through and scanning your thousands of past emails in an old email account. Yeah, I had a special folder that I had for the accounts that I signed up for just to keep track of these things. Okay, how can you be so catastrophically disorganized in so many areas of, li- of life and has- household and yet be so on top of that? It's, it's a family inheritance. This is the wife talking, not the, the, the it's, fellow It's a family inheritance. I speak of my wonderful uncle who um, was a carpenter and had a whole 
set of tools. And he moved houses uh, at one point, and he couldn't didn't have a workshop for his tools, so he stored them in a shed. And that shed was out in the country somewhere, and he came back from vacation once, and every single tool was stolen. Like, the entire shed was just empty. I mean, and it was oh. probably... I don't know. He was a carpenter, and he had and he liked nice tools. So I, it was many tens of thousands of dollars worth oh. of tools. But my uncle, mm-hmm. being of my family... <laughs> Insert last name here. Um, was in possession of every single receipt for every one of those tools. Even long after the IRS required him to have it. He had them all. Wow. And was able to Did he be, have insurance? And he had insurance. Wow. And was able to be fully reimbursed. And I remember this, my, I learned about this because my dad suddenly had a new chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> and he which kept that receipt. Was, well, no, which was, which was among the things which Dan had bought, but my dad had partly bought. But since Dan, I'm... oh. I shouldn't have said Dan. Uh, Donald. <laughs> uh, um, uh, had, they had gone in together on the chainsaw, and but uh, uh, Donald uh, already had one, so my dad uh, got the got the second chainsaw. So I, I, I inherited this strange, uh, this hoarding, these an, an okay. internet hoarder. Oh, I see. So it's a species of the hoarding impulse. Or it's a species of the hoarding. Of, okay, so you're like a digital hoarder. A digital hoarder. Yeah, because you're actually not that bad with stuff. No, no, with stuff, stuff, I'm pretty, I'm pretty good. Yeah. But the, on, uh, uh, online and and in my file system is is full of um, too much information. Duplicate entries. Duplicate entries. Triplicate. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, so I, I was in this stage of denial. So I just wanted to go back to my earliest. E- Emails. And you could. That was and I could, of... because they were still accessible to me. Wow. Um, and so I did discover a few things, um, which is that quite a number of these businesses uh, who, with whom I had established um, accounts with complete, with all using the same password, of course, and the same email, um, no longer exist. Oh, to be young and foolish again. <laughs> so they've all been bought up by somebody or gone out of business. And, and so that it can't, you can't even log into anything no, there they anymore? No, they don't exist. It's just gone. They don't even okay. exist anymore. Okay. Can you give any examples, or would you rather not? Um, there was uh, a uh, thing called Delicious mm-hmm. early, early on, which was a way of storing your bookmarks from one browser to another. So it was basically a favorites site. Okay. So if you liked a page and you wanted to remember it, you mm-hmm. could use this thing, and you could put a plug into your browser, and it would create a page for you of all your bookmarks that you could have with you between all the browsers. So that that company was finally bought up by somebody or another. So okay. like I had no access to that account okay. anymore. There was no way of deleting that account. All right. So, but I haven't. I didn't have really much success anyway. And I didn't really so have you now abandoned this effort to locate and delete or reassert uh, control over all your Well, I'm accounts? abandoning it as a priority anyway. Okay. It's certainly not priority number one. I mean, it was completely... Uh, it was denial. It was, it was denial. Of it, denial. It, it, was okay. not, it was not really a, an advisable thing to go do first up. Maybe eventually, you know, down the road, it might be worth pursuing, but certainly... Okay. At the, so what comes now? Anger or bargaining? I, can't, I remember can't remember what's next. I think, I think the anger already came. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I think we've only yet begun to get, be angry at the state of yes. affairs. But okay. and uh, but I was wondering why um, I was also reflecting on why I went into the state of denial, and uh, of course, uh, it's because the past can never um, be changed. Um, and one of the reasons in the digital digital world why this is something that we need constantly to remember. 
um, is a topic that I wanted to bring up today, and it really lies behind a lot of what's going to come uh, in the future over there, how you manage your past, both your past data and into the future over to whom and what kinds of things do you want to give to other people, especially over the internet. Okay, so we're moving into the big picture portion of the show now. Yeah, big, big picture. <laughs> well, right. just, just generally. Okay. So what I, I realized that what behind behind this is something I've been uh, I was reading about, um, and you have, um, and it's really why you need to be really careful about where you create your accounts and the way in which you create them. It's, and what information you hand over. And what information you hand over, and that is um, the the general topic is data breaches. Data breaches. Okay, that's our big topic of the day. Data breaches. So while you're uh, looking up what you're looking up there, I'm sure all of you out there remember hearing something about Cambridge Analytica. This was a while back, a huge company that was collecting lots of people data that probably people didn't know was collecting data on them. And then it was breached and all that data was made public. And there's, I remember there's a huge outrage at the time. It was about equals reaction to Snowden's revelations, honestly, know, as was I it, was, it, was it actually a breach or is it simply a whistleblower saying that they'd been doing this? I thought it was actually breached. I thought it was like they had been collecting it. You didn't know they were collecting it. All right. I don't know. Well, if, if this is totally wrong, we'll correct in a future episode. But I think the point is until what, six hours ago, or maybe yesterday, (laughs) I thought that this was one of those rare cases where there was a data breach. But then Mr. Here has (laughs) discovered the horrifying truth that data breaches happen so often that they hardly even make the news anymore. And so we're we're not talking about like, individuals being careless, you know, and like somebody hacking their email account. We're talking like, entire companies, entire digital record databases being broken into and hackers stealing, downloading, uploading, reselling, whatever, all that stuff. So what have you got there? All Mr. right. So, so I just want to, I just went online and looked briefly, briefly for how many of these data breaches are, are there, when are they, ha- when are they happening? Of course, you, some of you may out there probably heard of this Cambridge Analytica, there was a really big LinkedIn breach back in 2012. Yahoo had a really big breach a few years ago. I've I occasionally gotten emails from companies that right. I do business with. Right. right, and they don't, of course, don't want to bring attention to the fact that they, all of their data has been downloaded by hackers. Yeah, they just tell you, we're very sorry, we're dealing with it, don't be alarmed. Yeah, change your passwords. Yeah, <laughs> which means, be very alarmed, be very alarmed. Right. Which is why, first advice that's going to be repeated many, 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 many times. <laughs> Always have different passwords for every single account. All right. right. Well, I think you're going to have to explain why that is in a minute. But okay. first, okay, right. let's let's do okay. this first. So this is from a web page. Again, I just made a quick search on the internet called itgovernance.co.uk. So I don't know who this um, people are, but I have no reason to think that they're lying. Right. Uh, they seem to be... Um, making sure that you know um, how much your uh, data is at risk of um, being breached. Now, just to make a, to define this, breach means some group of usually hackers, criminals, that's a kind of organized... Bad actors of some Bad kind. actors of some right. kind uh, are trying to constantly trolling the internet, trying to hoover up any information they can get at. And they do this by attacking various databases that have known weaknesses, or they attack companies who have poor IT support. Sometimes they do um, uh, 
they simply uh, talk their way into access to big databases. It's, um, um, but anyway, this, this happens a lot. Okay. So this is this is a list from itgovernance.co.uk from September 2021. That's when we're recording this. Oh, it's October 1st, 2021. Uh, this is October 1st, uh, 2021. Um, and it says, by our reckoning, September 2021 saw 97 security incidents comprising 91,127,815 million breached records. Right, you already said oh, so sorry, the first time. Sorry. Delete the second million. Da, 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 da. Yeah. September 2021 saw 97 security incidents comprising 91,127,815 breached records. See, I love that because last time you talked about the 51,000 scripts running on your computer and like I thought we were going to have, and again, a number that preposterous. No, you should have the reaction when I first told you this. <laughs> so your reaction is, I don't even remember. You, you said, what? <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> I'm so, so, so in shock that I can't even call up the moment anymore. Yeah. yeah okay. So that just gives you and uh, the world out there listening. Right. And so just, just to give you a, a list, this is just September 2021. Right. Um, uh, it was somewhat larger than normal because there, in fact, was a single large uh, breach of 61 million records uh, from a fitness tracker data breach. I don't see what that one is. Um, I could look, go look it up. I'm not going to go. Go Health, it was called. Go Health data breach. 61 million records. But there's another uh, 37,000 um, records stolen from the El Salvador police um, of uh, criminal investigations, civilians, and various agents. I can imagine that one has quite serious consequences given the I see also their COVID test data of 1.4 million people from the Paris hospital system. Right. Um, right. Uh, yes. So and then, a, an interesting, a lot of these say unknown. unknown. We don't even know unknown. how much was stolen. So that's... Robin, oh, here, here's actually a good example um, uh, of a much smaller kind of data breach, which might affect you out there in the audience. Here it says, Robin Wood Orthopedic. I have no idea who this is. I have no idea where it is. How many? How many? Um, how many records are stolen? Unknown. Now, so some of you, I'm sure, when you go to the doctor's office, you uh, give them your personal information. You perhaps give them your social security they number. They always ask for your social security number. Yep. Uh, you give them your address. You give them your phone number. Um, you. Uh, you give height, them your, your weight, height, eye weight, color, eye color, email address, history of of surgeries, illnesses, you vaccines. You give them a lot of information, which I believe you have reasonable expectation of privacy. Right, and so I think it's important to say very clearly that we're not saying that anyone's doctor out there is personally or deliberately selling your information. That's what not this is not about. No, this the, not the about point that. is, is that Robin Hood Orthopedic is probably your typical small medical practice doing surgeries um, on uh, on regular people like yourself who go in and in good faith give them the information that they ask for, which I'm sure and they And they, ask... in good faith, are asking for it. They care about you. They want to do right by their patients. They have a reputation to defend. They went into medicine because they wanted to help people. Right. Like, that is not at all what we're calling into question here. No. And I think that's really important because it's so fast to go to, like, 
dark conspiracy theorizing when we talk no. about so this. Robin Wood orthopedic is a, uh, a good faith actor who is putting faith in a couple of th- in several different things one uh, in the confidentiality of their staff which is probably uh, decent probably um, and the confidentiality of their own record-keeping system, which is often on paper, especially in, in the United States. Um, there's a lot of paper records that need to be kept for um, legal purposes. But also, all of this data is going into a whole uh, IT system, a database, a health database, a record-keeping database. And it is that which most concerns us now. Because that doctor's office is probably, and let's stop naming this particular one because it's not their fault, <laughs> but um, all those doctor's offices probably have Wi-Fi or some sort of internet system in the office. Who knows how good its passwords are, its security, it, you know, how hackable it is. Or, well, or how, how easy it might be uh, for certain uh, of its staff who may not be as well trained on internet security to simply re- receive a phone call and inadvertently give information out about the database and how to access it to a bad actor. And it's unlikely that in a lot of these cases the data is actually housed on the site of the clinic. It is probably uploaded to some cloud storage somewhere. Right. right? And, and so program. that means when you give your personal information to any clinic or small business, uh, that information is being scanned, it's being put into forms, it's being uploaded as a whole database packet and something that is potentially visible to anybody on the internet. And so these data breaches, and I was just looking down that page uh, um, a little farther, and it's, it said, uh, it said, it said uh, that this brings the total number of data breaches for 2021 uh, up to 4,000. <laughs> Uh, uh, or maybe, I don't know, it was not maybe 900 and something something, uh, t- totaling 4 billion records. That's just staggering. And that's just 2021. Right. And again, this is not about individual bad actors. There's so many points at which this can happen. So when it gets entered, when it gets uploaded, when it's in the cloud, and then a lot of the stuff that gets entered into... Um, programs or software that are offered to businesses, they may not be fully aware of the extent to which that data is taken and sold. Maybe it's been anonymized. That's a separate. Um, that's a separate topic. There's a whole. A, there was a whole service called data brokers, right. to whom people sell. Let's say that I'm for another time. But I'm saying each time yeah. it goes out. Yeah. That's another place where the data right. is. And the point. So the the point is that your information has these multiple periods or multiple locations at which it can be accessed by a bad faith actor. And when you give your information out, such as everything that you give to your doctor, if it goes into a computer system, you are placing trust not in uh, your, your family physician or their very friendly secretary who enters the data. You're putting your faith in every single person down the chain who has potential access to that data and who has and you're putting faith that all of their security is going to be top notch. Yeah, I, I think it's even misleading to say every person. It's every stage that it's moved from one digital location to another, every service it's stored in, every software program it's entered into. So the number of places where your data goes just exponentially multiplies all over the place. So anything that you just thought was something private between you and this human being that you talk to now is accessible to this unbelievable number of people and number. And so your, your private information is only secure as every single other 
program software upload, download, not just now, but in perpetuity. Right. And so this Cambridge Analytica is a good example of what can be done with some of this breached data. So one of the things that you can do is these various databases, they have a, they have a structure to them. They have uh, information about you and a form, includes your social security, your date of birth, your address, your various phone numbers. Now, these breached databases, like I said, there are like over, there are like a thousand of them that have happened in 2021 alone. Now, that these breaches go all the way back to the beginning of the internet. Of course, they've exponentially increased recently. But what you can do when you get these databases together is you can aggregate them, you can clean them up, and you can start putting in more and more information about people uh, from data that although it has been stolen, because you can basically find it if you want to, um, the that kind of data becomes almost public. Right. And you told me everyone should just assume that their social security number can be found by anyone who wants to find it. Yes. It's just not private anymore. Anybody who wants to find it can probably quite easily find it. Okay. So now I think we should move to the what can we as individuals do portion of our program. But um, my first reaction when you told me all this was basically despair. Like it's all out there already. So why even bother to try stopping the flow of this information now? So why don't you tell us why we should try and care and then what we can actually do? Well, I, my, at, at any level. Yeah, my first reaction is, yeah, yes. I think, um, yeah, it's kind of despair. What in the heck can we do when we just have to assume that all the information we're giving privately to people is eventually someday going to become public. That's a very frightening prospect. But I think it's one that we really need to take very seriously. Now, clearly, organizations are realizing this, and security uh, on informational systems and encryption is increasing from day to day. So I think that it's going to get somewhat harder to get this level of data breaches in the future. But it is still going to happen. The threat is still there. And I think it's going to take decades before everybody is up to um, speed on their internet security. So you can just assume your data is not as secure as you would keep it yourself. Right. Um, and so <laughs> going forward, I think uh, one thing I would simply say is just consider anytime anybody asks you for personal information, whether you actually need to give it to them. All right. And what exactly counts as personal information? Because, well, like, um, everything you give about yourself is personal. So where do you start drawing the line? Well, I think, like social security Well, I think there, there's, there's a practical answer and there's a, there's a, a moral answer. I, I, think, I think that um, what counts as personal information is what you feel is personal. So hmm. um, when somebody asks you to give out what you feel is personal information, I think you need to reasonably um, resist giving out anything that's not truly required. And I think I suppose you should say to yourself... Am I okay with the entire planet theoretically knowing this about me? Yeah, it's a horrifying conclusion to come to because it means you can't ever fill out any form ever. <laughs> well, I hate filling out forms. That doesn't sound so bad to me. Right. right. So I guess the first thing is really scrutinize um, any time anybody asks for your real information. Now, certain entities, particularly government um, and banking and things that are highly regulated, including medicine, especially Medicare and the United States government insurance is going to need your real social security number. Because it's for actually example. linked to the Social Security um, Administration, right? Other places probably don't need to know uh, 
that much about you, actually. It's just a form they need to fill in. Um, again, your practices may vary from state to state. But... <laughs> Shouldn't you be saying that like super fast at the very end of the episode? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. So like, okay, how about something like, I know lots of places require a phone number, even though you don't want them to call. You never want them to call. And I know that like do not call lists don't work anymore. So would something like getting a Skype number that doesn't actually ring to anything unless you decide to turn the program on, is that a good decoy for like a field that's required to be filled in, but you don't actually want them to know how to get at you? I, I think, yeah, we'll talk about pseudonymous numbers um, and various things okay. later, later on. But yes, it's it's not necessary that you give out your true, no, true phone number to everybody. See, I think the problem is that when you're like in a face-to-face -face situation, when you're like filling in a paper form and there's like a nurse or a clerk that you can talk to, I think it's easier to resist. But one of the ways like these, these kind of bureaucratic captures happen is it's an online form. There's the starred field you have to fill in and you have to fill it in the right way. Like putting in N slash A doesn't always work. Right. And so there can be ways in which if you want to access the service at all, you have to cough up stuff that you don't want to cough right. up. And so there are, there are ways of doing that that are more anonymous and we can talk about those later. But yes, okay. I think I think it's good to have something in place that where you don't need to give away your actual real day-to-day -day phone number in situations like that. Or it's certainly for anything that's not absolutely necessary there's no way you should ever give out your social security number and you should be very guarded with your driver's licenses and your passports and those things which are kind of thrown around rather cavalierly but you need uh and i think have the right to be circumspect when people ask for that and just demand that you use some other form of identification okay so i think the takeaway for this one is not so much an actionable tip as a change in mindset which is every time you're asked for information about yourself. If it is going on a computer. Another thing I heard about, which okay. is that copy machines, especially large commercial copy machines, have hard disks on them, some of which are unencrypted, which make recordings of everything that's been copied. So don't make a, a photocopy of your bum at a Kinko's? Is that what you're saying? Well, your bum would really not be revealing unless it's been printed somewhere. Well, if you have a tattoo of your name <laughs> on your butt, and then you, okay, don't do that. Uh, yeah, but that is, uh, I don't know how various copy uh, shops handle that, but that is a known problem. Okay, that I, I think that's probably another topic for another okay. time. I wanted to finish up with the actionable tip, which is just... Actionable tip, here there's no one particular action. action. It's a mindset change. It's a mindset change. Right. That the fact that uh, 2021, so far, three quarters of the way through the year, has produced four billion records breached um, by... Like, what are the chances you are not in that? What are the chances you're not in that? Um, somewhere in the history of the internet, you're, you have been breached. And there's a number of si sites that you can go to and figure this out. I'm not going to tell you what they are, but um, Have I Been Pawned is the most famous one, where you can certainly <laughs> see... Um, you can certainly see that your your name and your email address is um, public information and probably a whole lot more. All right. Well, I think this was a good transition from denial into anger. <laughs> yes, I think so.